This is though I was looking up how to pronounce his name, and I believe it's it's a bergenois. A bear. Yeah, a bergenois. A bear. Um, but other people have said I always pronounced it like RB sandwich dipping, like the RB sandwich dipping sauce, and I'm like, oh, oh shoot. you. <laughs> and then the other person put eggplant juice. Yes. Some eggplant juice. Odo eggplant juice. Sorry, Jackson. Okay, bye. You're so cute. Yes. Odo eggplant juice. I mean, that's kind of what he looks like when he oops, right? Stop it. <laughs> That's not the color of the inside of the eggplant. If you it's were to like juice gold. an eggplant, it's like greenish white. Have you ever seen Baba Ganoush? I didn't even know that was what Papa Ganoush was. Yeah, it's a eggplant. Probably why I don't particularly love Papa Ganoush. Come on. Aren't you just a little bit curious? Talking to each other, getting to know one another. It's vile. I know, I know. It's insidious. These must be trying times. But you know what's really frightening? If you drink enough of it, you begin to like it. Be brave. Do you think they'll be able to save us? I hope so. Right. So, are you are you ready? Should we do this thing? Yeah, let's do this thing. Sorry, I was watching a video about. Japanese pillow fighting, which is basically dodgeball, but with pillows. Um. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Dope Space Nine. My name is Ethan. I use he/him pronouns. I'm Rodali. I use she/her pronouns. And I'm Face, and I use they/them pronouns. And welcome to our season finale of season one of not Dope Space Nine because we're not going to do seasons because that would be ever. really really mean to do that to other people. I'm so what sorry. What are you doing? I was trying to do something and I failed. <laughs> Anyways, if Ethan can get it together. Okay, I'm back. Um, so yeah, we watched the last. I feel I feel horrible. I don't know if we can get it back. I am sorry. So we just watched the season finale of season one. In the hands of the prophet. In the hands of the prophet. What a whirlwind, guys. You were done with season one. Yeah. You got through, I mean, 19 episodes. That's a, that's a solid amount. What, we're on episode, what, 14? 14. Mm-hmm. It only it took us uh, three months. Is it that a lot? We start in January. I guess we did start in January. Um, yeah. And it's the end of March now. Mm-hmm. It'll be a little bit in April when this comes out, but it's the last day of March today when we're recording. Mm-hmm. So I mean, basically, we've gone through. Um, wow, well, I mean that's yeah. The breaks we've had to take off and stuff. We've mm-hmm. almost done one episode a week on average, I guess. Yeah. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, I just lost episode two. I'm we sorry. Can't bring it. I'm sorry. I forgot. I did it already. I forgot. <laughs> but did Ryan think we'd get this far? I doubt it. I always think of him whenever we like get anywhere. Like, ha! We did something. I think he's just mad because I can't watch it with him. 
And he was like, this is my idea! That <laughs> you watched Star Trek! I'm the one who wanted you to do this, and now you're refusing to watch my favorite series with me. Is Columbus my idea for you watching Star Trek? I'm joking. It wasn't, I don't really. That wasn't real. No. Was, you Columbus did idea. Yeah. I did. I tried. <laughs> I failed. So, Live on the pod. Yeah, um... You're having a time right now. I think it's because it's dark in here. Is it getting too dark? Maybe. The sun has not appeared today. <laughs> I have never seen a sun. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a little bit earlier this morning, if you were awake for it, but some right. of us slept through our morning, so, you know. You or me? You. I slept through my morning, meaning I slept past 8.15. Uh-huh. It was nice and sunny. Well, should we do... Should we talk about the episode first? And then do our season recap? Very sure. We, all right. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So, in the hands of the prophets... What a whirlwind. Right? They just jam-packed every moment with stuff. So, to kind of go back to... Um, I mean, I, maybe this should be in the recap, I don't know, but you you both asked about, like, the Bajoran belief system and how do they work and whatever. Uh, well, you get your Vedics, yeah. which are basically bishops. bishops in the Catholic Church. It's very Catholic. It's very Catholic, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it was. I was very intrigued. Because, yeah, I like, didn't ever think of it that much that, like, because I didn't realize we had Kai Opaka, who, God bless her soul. Um, your prophet's best for Whatever. Wormhole entities bless her soul. Um, she, I realized that she was like, you know, the religious leader, but I never thought about how the next Kai would be chosen, and mm-hmm. it seems very similar at this moment that people are vying for the Kai position, mm-hmm. like you would vie for Pope. Yep. The Vedic's vote. Mm-hmm. The Vedic's vote, as the bishops and cardinals vote, and I think I'm making this up now. My Catholic knowledge is slight. I don't think any of us are Catholic. Or no. I'm going to speak out Maybe. of my ass. That's fine. I'm, there's a voting system of some there's sort. There's a voting system and there's a smoke and, you know, the Vatican and you, someone steals the, the Holy Grail. And um, then what's his face? Tom Hanks ends up in another movie. <laughs> you were with me until that moment, weren't you? The <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but no, like, it was a good introduction to the Vedics, um, and kind of the way they lead their orders. Um, On a completely unrelated side note. Slightly unrelated side note. I apparently, I, I saw the supposed Holy Grail on a Europe trip. Oh yeah? Yeah. Hmm. There's a, the Cathedral in Valencia, of all places, mm-hmm. claims to house the Holy Grail. Very interesting. They're like, we just have it in this room. It's behind like a bunch of glass and stuff. You can't really see it that well. It's just a cup. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be a very special cup. Right. It's holy. It's a holy cup. Um, Jesus drank from it, so they say. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, of all places for this to end up, of all the places we could have this cup, Valencia Spain, really? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because there's of course Jesus made it to Spain. Did he? No. <laughs> I don't know these things. 
born in Nazareth. He probably didn't go more than five <laughs> minutes away from his home by car. <laughs> like, I need you to know, while I am the one talking most about Catholicism, it was like, as if I know anything, I definitely know the least about Jesus out of the three of us. That's probably fair. Did you have any religious upbringing, Ethan? Nope. I read a lot of Bibles when I was a kid. I was fascinated by the Bible, like, but did not... R.R.B. style? How many Bibles did you have? I was very fascinated by the Bible, <laughs> um, and I used to read them to myself when I was going to bed, but I had no religious thought at all. Wow. I never wanted to go to the church. I never wanted to go to church. When I did, I was kind of like, meh. Um, I used to play violin for some churches. You pay money. Yeah. Did this play. My God. So I was, oh. I was a senior in high, <laughs> I was a senior in high school. And this church in uh, Deep Creek uh, was like, um, they wanted like violinists and orchestral players. And they paid you 300 bucks. To what? Do, yeah. To do the show. And you practiced once a week. And they changed the music up a ton or whatever. The guy was like brilliant. And then you did 10 shows in seven days over spring break. Yeah. And... So there were like a couple of double ups. They fed you on the days where you had two mm -hmm. and you go to the church and you played for the show. And it was like pretty much sold out every night. And it was like, so it's right around Easter. So it's the story of Jesus and like the crucifixion and resurrection. And man, that shit was powerful. Like the first time I watched it, like we're, you're, we're sitting in like not, we don't really have like an orchestra pit, but like, we're sitting in front of a raised stage yeah. and wearing all black and playing our music. and As you do. As you do. And they literally had the dude who was playing Jesus, which I think is very odd. Like, how do we, like, deal with that with doctrine? I don't know. But anyway, he's playing Jesus, and then he, they literally put him on a cross. <gasps> like, in the play, like a cross big enough for a human, right? That seems... Put him on it, right? And then, like, he dies, right? And then, and then, they take him down. Like, it wasn't like, he's dead, there's this song, climax, he's dead, done, lights out, now let's get him down and, and change scene. No, 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 no. Music stops. It is dead fucking silent. And, like, the Romans are out here just untying him from the thing. And his arms fall, and his arms fall, and they put him on a th on like a cart, fucking cart, or like but they hold, and they walk him out of the fucking theater. I bawled the first time I watched it. I was like, damn, like that's that's really sad. And then I was like, man, I get it, I get it a little. Still don't believe in the son of God shit, but like I'm here for this story. Yeah, that's some powerful shit. Like, <laughs> it was real intense. Yikes. Real intense. I had a crush on the woman who played Mary. She was married like 21, but like it was fine. Of course she was. <laughs> <laughs> but Mary. I still had the tiniest little crush. Yeah. Wow. But it was fun. Like, that seems like, when you started, I'm like, that seems like that's not what you're supposed to do. Right? Like, you're not supposed to pretend to crucify. It was so much. Well, like, I get, in the context, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. 
Again, I don't know anything about it. It's anything. the storytelling through whatever. And it was cool. I mean, like, honestly, the there were, like, some guys who were, like, pretty funny. And, like, one guy in the last show, like, wore some really funny underpants. And, like, they had their, like, like whatever those are called that, like, people allegedly wore. Yeah, like, the robes or whatever. And, like, there was this scene where, like, they were, like, pushing each other. And someone, like, pranks to, like, push him into the... Uh, into this, like, fountain or whatever, and he gets wet, or, and that was, like, the, supposed to be in the play, but then, like, when, on the last show, he had on, like, ridiculous underpants, so when he went in, he made sure that the rope fell all the way down, and all you could see was these, like, bright <laughs> underpants that said something ridiculous on, like, <laughs> everyone, it was a lot of fun, and, like, the music was really powerful and fun to play and fun to be a part of, and, like, putting it into, like, the actual, like, play was really great. Yeah, playing with a play is a very interesting and very fun experience. Mm -hmm. I did it for quite the opposite show, Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was playing it for Coyote Ugly. No, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you had some religious upbringing, right? Yeah, a little bit. My dad doesn't really believe much. Um, And then... Uh, my mom is like garden variety Christian. She grew up Mormon and left the church, and so she like was just like do whatever you want. And then when I didn't choose Christianity, she was like, mm, why? It's <laughs> not very happy about it. But so yeah, I did go to like Sunday school and skipped up though, and was very competitive because I am myself. Um, but now I just do a little bit of, like, indigenous stuff, and that's about it. Yeah, my mom was pretty... Re- my mom is kind of religious. Like, she didn't make me go to church or anything, but every once in a while, like, Christmas time, she would have me go to church and, like, be like, see, then this is the real... Like, the real meaning of Christmas. And I, like, look at her and I'm like, cool. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm like I, like... I felt like I had to, like, like explain to mom, like, I... I, I know this story. It's fucking everywhere here in these <laughs> United States, but like you see it once, you've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, like I just don't feel it. Sorry, like I the communion I don't get. I don't. I think communion's really weird. Brian says it's tasty. I think I mean, it depends on the place. Yeah. It's like real dry crackers. <laughs> you gotta have good crackers. He says you should go somewhere where they give you real wine as to juice. Oh no, we just had little grape juice. Shop. Like little shots of grape juice. Little shots of grape juice. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been to ones that do real wine. But. <laughs> yeah, I think his church back home that his like, parents went to, they do real wine. Um, but yeah, I've always, someone once told me that the crackers they use for communion are just regular crackers and then you have to like they have to be like blessed or whatnot and then they turn into the body of Christ, I guess, which is uh you know what it is what it is. But I think that's how it works. But it's just funny that you buy them at like fucking Costco or something. I think the church I grew up in made them because they made oh. like un- they had to be like unleavened bread. Mm. So it was like little pieces of like yeastless bread. Mm. They they were kind of tasty, but they were weird. They had a weird texture. I liked it. We only did it once a month at my church, mm. but it's fun. It takes forever. It does, and there's a lot of people. But yeah, I grew up very differently. Not that we grew up like particularly religious, religious either, 
Um, my mom, I think, is more religious than she leads on sometimes. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of like we went to temple a lot, and most people have, like, a little, like, temple in their house, which we never had growing up, but you have, like, a little, like, prayer room where you keep all your, like, idols and stuff like that. Mom used to, like, keep them all throughout the house. They were, like, a little bit everywhere, mm-hmm. but never, like, there was never, like, a time to, like, sit down and do the whole spiel. Because it's very, like, it's not really, like, someone is, like, it's not, like, what I imagine, like, Christian, like, mass, or Catholic mass, or, like, Christian sermons to be, like, where someone's, like, talking to you and things change weekly and things like that. Whenever I go to temple, it's usually because someone's invited us to go for an event, like a prayer event, and um, it's all in Sanskrit, so I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Um... <laughs> There's lots of off-rhythm clapping and singing and your garden variety chanting. Then everyone sits on the floor and there's a fire in the middle and people are pouring things into the fire. And you're supposed to repeat after people. I don't know. Just follow what everyone else is doing. (laughs) I don't really know what it means. Um, But you do get snacks. I think you get better snacks than some, like, weird crackers and, like, maybe wine grape juice. There's no booze, so there's that, but... In my hometown, the Methodist church had cake and coffee after sermon, and I was always so jealous of my Methodist friends, getting chocolate cake and coffee. Yeah, we... You get, like, a little, like, bit of, like, dried nuts and stuff and, like, fruit, so you usually get, like, a whole fruit and some other little things that's, like, you're supposed to eat that, and it's not that it's, like, the body of God, it's that, like been blessed by God, so you have to eat it. Mm. Um, you're all allowed to take it with your right hand and other weird stuff. Um, and then usually afterwards, it'd be a catered lunch. Oh, so like nice. So whole, like, whole spiel. And temple food is always really good. It sounds like it'd be good. Mm-hmm. What religion does your family practice? Oh, God, Dad. So much. Sorry, he farted. Um, oh, my God, it's so bad. It's, this is my life. Welcome to it. Welcome <laughs> To it. Um, my parents are Jane. Okay. Which is not the same as Hindu. It's like similar-ish, but it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's like more between Hinduism and Buddhism. Okay. If I had to be very cavalier about it. No, for sure. But, um, there is a Jane temple here. I didn't realize it until, um, I was working with, um, Arl. Hmm. Um, because she's Jane. And she was like, oh, you didn't know? And I was like, no, I guess the, the Hindu temple was just closer to us. So we just dealt with that and didn't drive all the way to Lewis Center. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I like the, like, the cultural aspects of it. I like all the traditional aspects of it. The, like, community. I like dressing up to go to temple, but. I hated that as a kid. Like, I don't want to dress up to go to church. I just want to wear my jeans, mom. Well, it was just like, I wear my jeans. It was that I wanted to wear, like, my fun Indian clothes. No, for sure. It's different. For, yeah. Like, we just. And it didn't happen every week. It happened every week. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm sick of it. Yeah. But, like, it'd be, like, once every few months. I went to a Mormon church occasionally with friends. And, man, those services are long. They're, like, all fucking day. Yeah. There's, like, a three hour service and then, Can like, I a two hour. Church no. I had a friend who's never had like, like a Catholic, Catholic day, but still. I had a friend who had a Catholic wedding. So 
they have mass. It's like two hours for a Catholic wedding because it's mass and Wait. a wedding. What? Yeah, they have mass and a wedding. <laughs> so like. So you have to sit through like mass. Yeah. But I didn't come for that. I know, <laughs> but you did because it's a Catholic wedding. Man. Yeah. I guess I can't complain. Indian weddings are ridiculous. The, the things I I really like ritual, and so like I'm not like I'm super interested in ritual mm-hmm. and like ceremony, and like there's lots of indigenous ceremonies that are like different than like other like Western religious ritual, but like those are some of the things I appreciate about religion, mm-hmm. which is some of the stuff I'm like interested in with the Bajorans to bring it back. Yeah, we got a lot about Bajoran, um, kind of poli- like religious. Yeah. Policy, mm-hmm. and it seemed very separationist. No, not separationist. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Real. I sure. Know. I mean, like they don't believe in science. They yes, don't believe in the science of things. Yes. Creationist. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank creationist, you. Creationist. Just to say it louder. <laughs> no, it, it definitely did parallel that. Like, um, argument was that when that argument was going on in schools really heavily in 1993. I don't know. I mean, I imagine it goes on all the time. Yeah, it does. I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> the 1990s. That's probably before you were still in like elementary school, then, right? I mean, I would have been four in '93. So no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. And. I don't know, it surprised me that, like, I guess I forget about Kira's spirituality. Because, like, it surprised me that she was. Because she seems... I mean, she, like, does all the stuff with them. She does all the science yeah. stuff, and she does all the other stuff, and she works on the station, so you think that she's down with the science. And I think she is, but she puts her spirituality into it, which is fine. Yeah. Um... And it completely, this is going to be a total sidebar, but it's sort of related. But we never talked about Black Panther. <laughs> and why I bring it up now is because one of the things I really loved about, about Black Panther is that it was able to pair, like, modernity and technology with, like, um, like Afro-Indigenous spiritualities and ritual without having those things need to be separate. Because, mm-hmm. like, their ritual was allowed to be, like, ritual and, like, totally still an okay thing while they, like still had this real fancy technology. Um, but a show that's horrible about that that's in the same vein as Star Trek is Stargate SG-1. So I've only gotten through, like, I think I think we got through, like, the first two and a half seasons of it. We took a break but never went back. Um, and so when Sid and I were watching it, uh, like, one of the things, one of the, like, premises of the whole show is that, that like, there are humans everywhere in the, in the universe because they were taken from Earth and um, and brought to other planets to be, like, slave labor. But they were taken from different cultures on Earth, and so those cultures are now on other planets and have been there for thousands of years. And yet, all of them are, like, just primitive brown people. Like, all of them. It's like, they walk in, and it's like, oh, look at these Asian people who are still out here with their bows and arrows, and big, you know, whatever, and it's like, you know, like, those people lived on our Earth and, like, are also, like, industrial. So, like, what are we doing here? 
Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things where you know they've done they've done that well in Star Trek and like Chicote a mm-hmm. little bit, right? They gave him like the scientists that were native uh, who found different ways of exploring, um, you know, uh, dream states and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I did feel like they treated Chicote better than they could have <laughs> yeah. in that way. Most might may have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting to me to see it play out, like this religion science play out with like white coated people too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it's different, like different quality to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, for some reason it surprised me about Kira and I maybe it shouldn't have. Um, I think it's one of those, I think it's a good thing that it surprised us, right? Like it's, it's this how easy it is to just assume people believe what you believe yeah. when you're like just doing regular everyday stuff because yeah. not everyone's beliefs dictate Everything. differently of how they should handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I, I rare, I, there's not many times where I think about whether or not someone is Christian or not. Um, and then all of a sudden I'll realize like, like we have some people in the office who are religious who I would have never like thought about like I never think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I mentioned I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. You yeah. uh yeah, you believe some things you that I do not. That's okay. Believe quite stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the I mean, obviously, very pointed debate about uh you know separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Right. That was what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. That they were anti separation of church and state. Yeah, they are Yeah. It's an interesting it's an interesting fight because I can understand like I feel like to me the argument is that Keiko should be like, are your religious leaders also going to teach science? Mm-hmm. But if they're not, then it's like, well then they teach their religious stuff. I'll teach them the science stuff. And they will... Figure it out now. Right. That's fine. That was kind of like, yeah, that was always something that was interesting to me. That I was like, why does a person who is not of your culture, not of your religion, why are you asking her to teach your culture and your religion, your practices? Like, I wouldn't, as someone of like, a more niche culture, (laughs) of a non-Western like religion... I would be like, no, 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 no. I will learn this elsewhere. You right. do your thing over there, and I will get someone who looks like me to teach me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I'd be like, you're sh- sh- you're doing it wrong. Because every history teacher I've had in a world history class has like been like, I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not how you say that. No, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Well, I think about things like. I had no problem with the people walking out of the school. No, that's like, their prerogative. That's your prerogative. If you don't think that this is a good thing, I think you're probably setting up a disservice, especially... To your children, yeah. To your children who are going to end up growing up and having to deal with uh, cultures that don't subscribe to your beliefs, right? Like, And I also find it to be weak faith. Like, people... Like, this... The like Kira talks about how Wynn's faith is this... She's a true believer and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But I always, I find it very weak faith to decide that, like, if you teach my child lies, then they're going to believe your lies and are, and they're going to lose their faith. And it's like, well, if your faith, maybe then their faith isn't strong enough. Maybe your prophets don't show 
the requisite strength that you think that you claim they do to be able to believe that, right? Like, if that's true, then, like, that's the only reason to be afraid that they could learn something else. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, like... It's kind of interesting to me, too, that, like, the two can't co Like, people feel like the two can't coexist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, perhaps the wormhole can be explained by science and then also by prophets, you know? Right. Like, the prophets created it by doing whatever fake science Science, they do. Right. You know? It's just the mechanism in our world that allows them to do what they do, and they can do something that we cannot, and therefore looks like magic. It's like it's like the whole premise of like any if you take any technology from now back fifty years, it will seem like magic, mm-hmm. right, to someone else, even though it's science, mm-hmm. right? Like just being able to like the iPhone would, would be magic mm-hmm. to somebody in nineteen forty five. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be this scientific marvel. It would be, you know. Nonsense. Nonsense and terrifying. Yeah, and I think, like, we see a lot more nowadays, like, of people speaking out, like, the science communities of, like, people of faith being like, I can reconcile my belief in, like, God or whatever, whoever, Mm -hmm. and science, because I can believe that God, like, created an environment for the science to happen. Right. No, I mean, like, I'm with that. And And I think that, like, timelines are always weird, right? Like, if you believe that, you know, the whole Adam and Eve thing, whatever, I don't care, but like, to believe, to like not, I, to not believe in evolution, but to believe that it took seven days to create the earth, right? Like, I, I don't know, like, it, who, there was no such thing as a day when we're creating the universe, because there is no sun and time, like, mm-hmm. so like, what like why don't we think that like this is how he created? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like first there was this, and like how long it took that was that that point of day. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of that, what's her name? Vatic Win. Vatic Win. Yeah, Win. Win is her name. Win is her name. Yeah, she's like my least favorite kind of spiritual person. Oh my god, I wanted to punch her in the nose. So much. Ethan and Faith can tell you I was young at TV a lot. <laughs> Ethan and I were rolling our eyes pretty hard. We just weren't as vocal. Because she's like got that holier than thou thing, but then she also like uses it to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. She was to, like do shit that are bad. Left and right. Yeah. She basically told what's her face? Um oh god. Neela. Neela to be like, hmm, sometimes you gotta die because I told you to do something. Mm-hmm. So what if they kill you? I asked you to do this in the name of the prophets. The prophets are asking you to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a no. I mean that's again. It's even worse. It's even more of a less of a debate. Eventually about you know school versus religion, and then turns into a commentary on. Like I don't have a problem with faith. I do have no. a problem with with the way faith and power interact. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good interaction. No. Um, it's not. No. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, I've seen very few scenarios where they work well together. No. Um, Do you ever wish you had faith? <sighs> Sorry, that was like a heavy question. It just came to my head. No... Uh, 
But I, that's hard to say because I because of what I value. I think mm-hmm. I I don't. I think that I env- I am not envious. I am impressed with people who are willing to commit to something they can never be sure of based on their based on physical constructs. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm super impressed that someone can feel something so strongly in them without physical tangible, tangible proof. Um and and still feel it and know it. Mm-hmm. Um but <laughs> with my despise of being wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really bad combination for the person I am. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. No, I'm with you. That's a lot. I, I, I don't... It's... Yeah. To me, yeah, the hard part about accepting it or, like, even entertaining the idea of it has been... This idea of someone is right and someone is wrong. And I don't know that that's necessarily true in the, um, in the Hindu faith system, but like a lot of people I know in like Christian kind of Western religion, I once was a dating boy in late middle school, <laughs> the ripe age of 13. He was very into Jesus. I was not. Um, and he knew there was, like, no realm of me being even, like, remotely entertained in the idea of Jesus, because I'm Indian, and I was not raised in, like, there are definitely Indian people who are, like, Christian and Catholic and whatnot, um, but I was just not one of them, and one time he told me, and this is so heavy to put on a 13-year-old, so heavy, he, and also, you know, how 13-year-olds are like, oh, I love you so much, and everything... Either has to be forever or for never, and like you know all that garbage. Um, and he once said to me, "Like, I'm just sad because if I'm right, we can't spend forever together. But if you're right, nothing happens." <laughs> and I'm like, "Homeboy, we're children." <laughs> Let's oh. talk about forever later. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> man. But yeah, like that's it's just a, it's just so intense. I've never been able to wrap my head around that level of intensity. And I I do agree. Like I admire people who I've known in my life who have have faith and have been able to like stop and take a step back and think about it and examine their faith and compare it to others. And still stay with it. I think that's like a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. But I just can't wrap my head around it. I just can't wrap my head around it. I used to go to this thing when I was in high school called The Gathering. Mm-hmm. And one of the teachers in my school mm-hmm. ran it. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like a youth group kind of thing, but it wasn't connected to a church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the same coffee shop where I did poetry mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday nights. And it was on, there was a Friday night thing, or maybe it was a Sunday night thing. I don't remember. 
Um, but I would go every once in a while because he would give reading, mm-hmm. and you know I would read you know parts of the Bible, and then we'd we'd all discuss it. And the thing I loved about it was it wasn't a sermon; it wasn't him telling us what was going on. Um, it wasn't this like there's a right answer. It was very much a literary discussion. Yeah, it was a, well, not just literary, but like religious discussion. It was okay. a discussion of faith and what it meant, and like one of the things like I remember me I like asked a question one day, and it was like. This whole premise of free will. God gave us free will, and yet the whole point in faith in God and Jesus is to give that free will up and follow the Lord. Right? Like, that's kind of the basic premise of faith. Mm-hmm. And. That's interesting that you'd be given something. Just to give it back. Yeah. And, and I, that was my question. I was like, I, I'm very confused. Why would the Lord give us, you know, this? If, this powerful tool. If all he wanted us to do was not use it and just be subservient. And, you know. The, uh, people boo and throw tomatoes at you? No, everyone was like curious and Mr. Wassinger was the, the teacher of it. He was like, anybody have any thoughts? And, like, nobody really had any real thoughts. And he was like, to be honest, Ethan, I don't know. Like, that's kind of what it says here, right? I don't really have a good answer for that. Um, And I was like, okay, that's cool with me. I'm like, that's an honest fucking answer. Like. Um, just the fact he was willing to say, I don't know, I was always curious. But I never went there, like, looking for faith. I just, I wanted to understand. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I was kind of obsessed with Bibles. I wanted to understand mm-hmm. what the, like, hype and feeling was. But I never, I just never felt it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, there's a, a feeling, a certain feeling of community that comes with, like, right. religious groups. And I know in in undergrad, I went to a universalist Unitarian, I, I'm probably getting that backwards, church occasionally because I missed it, but didn't like the, I don't like Western Judeo-Christian God stuff <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but it was nice to get like the, there was still that feeling that I remembered from like going to church without the, like... On Christianity stuff going on. But, I don't know. It's interesting, because, like, I... It sounds like I'm probably... I'm, like, pretty... I would say I'm spiritual. I would also say I'm spiritual. And, like, I have... I've been practicing more, like, indigenous stuff as my aunt's been, like, teaching me things. Which is awesome. I know. I really like it. But I definitely... My practice is real Mm loosey-goosey. Yeah. I'm, like... I don't know. It's hard to think about. I think, yeah, for me, faith is tied so heavily into culture mm-hmm. that yes. some of the things that I do, I don't necessarily know if I do them out of faith or things like that, but more to stay connected mm-hmm. with my culture. And so, like, I have religious idols in my house, in my apartment, I don't know. They're few and far between, but, like, I have a Ganesh... By my bed, my mom has me keep one in my car. Is that the elephant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah elephant. I, I still have one. Oh yeah, yeah, I gave you one. I know it's supposed to be. Well, and Sid informed me it's supposed to be in a corner and facing the wall, or at least, or not. 
sure. covered by anything. I don't know. Not covered, yes. It shouldn't be covered by anything. Um, the corner and wall, that's... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was not aware. Yeah. Um, but she someone probably told her, and I yeah. would trust them. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I do things like that, like... My mom would say, like, if you're, especially, like, as a student, she wanted me to have one in my room because they're, like, Ganesha is supposed to be um, the god of, like, starting new things and of knowledge and wisdom. And so you keep him with you to do that. He also, he's, like, a protector. And so that's why I have one in my car. Mm -hmm. And again, like, it's one of those things that it's, like, a nice thing. Like, I can tell someone, like, is of similar upbringing, similar faith when I can see that they have one on their car. Right. And, you know, that's kind of a thing. And, like, I light candles for the volley, and I keep a plate of, like, five candles lit as long as they'll stay on. I don't really... I'm not expecting the goddess Lakshmi to come into my house and bring me wealth and prosperity, because that is what it's supposed to be for. But, you know, it's, it's just... It's a nice gesture. It makes me feel... Less homesick sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it's just those, like, nice little things. It's, it's like, I don't know what these things mean. I don't really... Sometimes I care to ask questions. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, okay. I'll turn this plate around in a circular fashion. I'll do some rushing of fire, smoke, something. I'll eat this piece of blessed cashews. I don't know. I'll do it. Because it's nice. But I don't know what it means. Yeah. I think that I like it better not knowing what it means. I think if I knew what it meant, I'd have to re-examine it. I think I like not having to re-examine it. It's fair. Just letting it be a cultural thing rather than a religious sentiment for you. And it has, like, it gives you feelings of spirituality. It gives you kind of I feel peaceful. I feel serene. Mm -hmm. I feel connected with others like me. Yeah. There's something very, like, haunting and interesting. And uh, I mean, I'm sure this happens in singing is a very thing in, like, lots of religions, but, like, a big temple of people all singing the same song. Lots of people not singing well. (laughs) But, like, just the sound of, like, bells and people chanting together. It's, like, eerie yet beautiful like one of those things that like makes you want to cry a little bit for no reason you're like I don't know what you're saying I don't know what you're saying but yeah I think that connected connectivity mm-hmm. stuff is like really I don't know that's like the, the meat of religion mm-hmm. for me um also why like I can see how it's so important on, like, facial yeah. and Deep Space Nine because they've just been through this, like, terrible thing as a yeah. people. and that they use that spirituality to survive that. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept them together. That's what kept them as a unified force ready to fight back against the Cardassians. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. You talk about the thing, and I was, when you asked me the question about what I wish I'd paid, I... I don't know how many things in my life make me feel the way you just described. Mm-hmm. People have just described. Um, I think there was a time when poetry in the community felt that way for me. Um, but I think as I've become more 
scrutinizing of poems, my own especially, I think I've lost some of that connectivity. Um, I don't know if that's ever going to come back. Um, I think I still feel very connected to those who I used to be in those places with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, you know, the once or every year or two when all of us end up getting back into the same room, it's kind of nice to see everyone again. But I don't know. I, I mean, I think sometimes I think cooking is like the closest thing I have to that. No. Um, yeah, for sure. And that's like a cultural connection, but like at the same time, like it can be very ritualistic. You, there's steps, there's an order, there's. It's just I think part of it though for me is that I was raised very bland. <laughs> I just what I want to say. Like I don't think that's the right word for it, but like. But I mean, if that's the word that's working the, for you, I think like in terms of like culture, right? Like. My dad was very non-traditional. Mm-hmm. I mean, he married an Armenian woman who was very white, right? So, like, I and he didn't get married until he was almost until he was like thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom wasn't really connected to her family at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of culture, like. You kind of, you three of you kind of probably made your own little... I'm, yeah, I'm kind of nothing, which is weird. And, like, so, like, this food that I have, right, like, like the rice and beans are important to me. Um, the fact that I, I don't make them often enough, but I should make more tostones. Like it's just such like, a pain. It is sometimes a pain. <laughs> but, like, I, like, when I eat that, I don't, I immediately think of, like, my grandmother and my dad, mm-hmm. right? My mom didn't have any, like, signature dishes that she made. My dad made divan mm-hmm. and, like, loved that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they didn't really have, like, signature dishes. And, like, most of the food I make mm-hmm. is food I'm learning to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had, you know, your traditional white American dinners with, like, we're having pork chops and mashed potatoes and corn. But we did have a splash of all of these other, like, little cultural things. Like, my mom uh, being Armenian, and that's kind of, like, Middle Eastern, but, like, also, right, like, Greeks and Turkey and everything. Like, she made spitakapita, and she made uh, baklava. And it's, like, Christmas time, she would make boxes of baklava and bring them to the neighbors. Um, So, like, there were, like, these little splashes of culture. But my mom and dad, neither one of them, like, my mom was, you know, independent and working when she was 15. And my dad was supposed to be a doctor, you know, but, like, <laughs> hated that and is now a musician instead, which is, like, the ultimate go-fuck-yourself to, like, the Hispanic culture of, like, go do this and work hard and do whatever. Like, yeah. he worked hard and he got where he is because he worked hard, but he didn't work hard at the things that you're supposed to work, that hard, supposed to work hard at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's so interesting because I... Yeah, I've always been... No, it's fine. I, I just feel, I feel very disconnected from my culture a lot. Yeah. I, I always I sometimes think cause I know a lot of people who are of a variety of cultures and I think that's how most people grow up like a mix of things but I feel like the culture I grew up with was very homogenous and I think it would be interesting to know if I feel as strongly about things that I feel strongly about or if I just do things the way I do them without like question really because like 
oh, that's the way we do things, just because, like, if my parents both didn't already adhere to the same practices and the same culture, the same belief system, would I feel as strongly about doing the things that I do. Right. If my mom was a bad cook, would I feel as strongly about the things that I do? <laughs> Thank God she's not. Thanks, Mom. You'll ever hear this. <laughs> it's interesting because I, like, am just now, in the last few years, like, starting to get more reconnected with stuff that, like, feels good mm-hmm. in that way. Because, like, my great-grandmother was, um, she was sent to residential schools, mm-hmm. so like, didn't teach her kids much. And so, like, my... And my grandmother was the oldest of all of her um, siblings, so she didn't learn much because she was too busy taking care of her, like, four brown siblings in white Utah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, like, all the stuff I'm learning is from, like, my grandma's sister. And I don't talk to her much. And she had to, like, learn it herself, like, Mm -hmm. go talk to other family members and things. Um, And it's such a process. But, um, I don't know. I was thinking about, like, the cooking thing. And, like, it's not related that much to, like, a little bit of it is. Like, using everything is something I've been, like, trying to do more of. But, like, just, like, cooking does feel, like, ritualistic for me sometimes now. Yeah. Or, like, meditative. Yeah. It's, like, the thing that you're starting with parts. Mm -hmm. You start with parts, and at the end of it, you Mm -hmm. have a thing. And... It's just, you're taking things that the earth has given you, or God's given you, or whoever has given you, or you've gone to the store and bought yourself, um, mm-hmm. and you're using that, and you're using your two hands, and you're making it into something. Yeah. And there's something just so cool about that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, very meditative, I would say. Yeah. Even if... Cooking can be stressful for sure. <laughs> I have definitely been stressed while cooking. But yeah, I think it's like Yeah. Yeah. Like making meaning. Yes. Out of new things. Yeah. Or making different meaning out of things that you've made different meanings out of. Yeah, I mean, just to bring it back... Um, yeah, we should talk about Star Trek a little more. Why? <laughs> I don't care. I mean, it was, we said it's we would. Sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know, it's so bad. I'm sorry. I feel like I shouldn't say Jesus Christ so much. But <laughs> God, this part is so bad. <laughs> Stinky toots. He's just sleeping. <laughs> And doesn't know what he's doing. I'm sorry, his butt's positioned towards face right now, so they're getting sorry. the front of it. Did hit me first. I no, know. I was. What I saw you make a face, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> it's coming." Everyone. Um, you were gonna say something probably poignant. No, not at all. Actually, I was just gonna say, you know, um, I mean, with all of that said, and like where this season ended, um. What did y'all think? I want to binge the crap out of it. I want to know everything. Yeah. I want to know it all. I want to know it now. 
It's hard. It's so hard. It's... I... I'm so glad I know everything. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I'm so glad. You and Ryan, the worst. Like, both of you are like, "Mm, can't tell you. Mm, Something's coming. I was like, <laughs> Last night, Ryan was like, You're getting too sleepy. You need to know the end of this episode, so we should go to bed now. <laughs> I was like, Ugh! But I want to know. Yeah. Um, right. I, I'm looking forward to a more central plotline along with the other little plot points that we get. Or we're going to get episodes that have like their own individual plots, like the episodes we need to stand alone. Um, because it's a TV show, and TV shows don't work if every, like, most TV shows don't work if every episode only builds on the other episode. You can't figure out what's happening if you watch just the episode. But I'm excited to see the Bajorans back at this end of the season to see more of them. I know in the beginning, the first, like, ten episodes or so, we didn't really get much of them after the first episode or so. I'm excited to see the Cardassians back because I know something big's coming. I've had lots of hints. I have guesses. I have guesses. I have maybe one spoiler. Um, <laughs> but I am in the dark. You're not in the dark. You have this spoiler too. Oh. Because it's from Voyager. Oh. Okay. I don't remember. We'll get there. Then I'm not going to say anything to you. Oh, I would say that. No. Let them them live peacefully. (laughs) I'm not that bothered by spoilers in general, though. But, yeah, I'm excited for those things, too. It's cool to have... Like, I feel like this season did... I mean, it's both, like, the annoying and, like, necessary setting up who all these people are and their relationships to each other. And I think it did a pretty good job as Mm -hmm. far as, like... You can with like that mission, um, without being just like boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it certainly wasn't boring. Like I no. wanted to binge it since we started watching it. I know. <laughs> um, Think about it. We've done such a good job. Yeah. You should be really proud of us. <laughs> um, and if I'm gonna be cheesy for a moment, think about the little community that we've built ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, All we talk about is Star Trek now. It really is. It consumes our life. You make comments about Star Trek at work sometimes with people who don't know Star Trek, <laughs> and it is so funny. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like, yep, there we are. It's our life now. That's <laughs> it. I don't watch other TV anymore. I, I should. You I will eventually once you're done with Voyager. I'm behind on everything. <laughs> I'm two you of my favorite. Bojack? I have not started Bojack. That's so good. I know, but how? I have Voyager to watch. (laughs) I need to know, do they get home? Do they not get home? Are they ever going to get home? Is there going to be some secret loophole? Then the last episode just shoots them home because that's going to happen. We're all just a dream. It's all just a dream. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You shut your mouth. And, like, so I've got that. I've got this. Grace and Frankie came out with a new episode, a new season. Haven't watched that. Love came out with a new season. Haven't seen that. Haven't watched Bojack. I have so many things on my list. Mm. No. Nope. But all I watch is Star Trek. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, I think the season ends in a good spot where it's like, 
I feel like this season two ends in a place where it says we're ready now, right? Like it's we've gone through all of these character things. We've given versus like wait wait what did I say? Season two. Sorry, the end of no, I think the end of season one. Yeah, ends in a place where it says like we're ready now. Season two is where we're going to start talking more about outside of these characters. Like now, you the characters you know and love. I feel like the only character we don't really get to know very well. In this season is Bashir. Yeah, I was going to think. I was just thinking that he's the only one who hasn't really had their episode. Uh-huh. It's fine. It's not fine. I'd like to know what makes him a little bitch. Unfucking <laughs> <laughs> believable. Something had to have happened. I poor guy probably has a trauma history. I oh. don't even. Know how to respond to this. <laughs> we will learn plenty about Bashir. You realize I'm mostly on like team neutral Bashir, right? But yes. he is a little bitch. I, <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean we've had like at least three or four different Odo episodes and seen him as like comfortable Odo and I'm rigid Odo and. I'd be vulnerable with Loxwana, you know. Um, and like, I want to know who my dad is. I want to know who my dad is. <laughs> You're not my dad. <laughs> if my dad's on the other side of that wormhole, I want to know. Um, I was found in a Denorius belt. Um, no, but Cisco obviously is always there. Kira, we've had a bunch of episodes with that kind of like hint at like the Bajoran life, but like. Are really more centralized to Kira. We've had we had one one big Dax episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Quark has even had a couple of like bigger moments for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bashir is really the only one who hasn't had any like real like light shined on like what is he, who is he, what's going on. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. How have you enjoyed watching the first season of Deep Space Nine with us? <laughs> I um I I mean I've enjoyed it. I, it's a different way to watch the show. So whenever I rewatch TV shows, mm-hmm. I try to watch them with a different mindset, um, like for things that I'm looking for. What have you been looking for this season? Um, I think for me this way it's a different, completely different way of watching it. Watching it slowly and watching it while other people who don't know what's going on are watching it mm-hmm. has been interesting. Um. I know, like, yeah, like, I think if you, there are times you can watch it just to be entertained, then it's like, let me watch it with regards to, like, acting, and how do people, like, put themselves in characters, and mm-hmm. uh, let me now, you know, focus on the, like, the actual social commentary, or maybe I focus on one area of the social commentary and think about that as it goes. So when I watch, we watch shows, like, it's it's comforting to have them in the background and not have to watch, but then, like, can be new to, like, try and figure new things out about what's what I've seen um, and how they actually do things. Um, so this one has just been more about watching. So when I so the, the thing about Deep Space Nine is, like, I had a cursory knowledge of it before I actually decided to watch it all the way through. Um, how? Because I knew Star Trek already, okay. right? Okay. So, like, I'd watched TNG mostly when I was a kid but didn't remember all of it. I watched Voyager all the way through and remembered all of it. And then Deep Space Nine was always there, but I only watched, like, bits and pieces of it. Okay. But was very turned off by the prophets. Okay. Um, 
and like the religious that talk. Hmm. Um, but um, there's one episode in particular that's not going to happen forever, uh, in which I think it's like season six. Yes. Uh, that I remember seeing as a kid and being like, what the fuck is this? And like turning it off. And not having watched anything else leading up to it. Um, and so I never, I've not, I never really had a moment where I was like, I don't remember what it was like watching this show and thinking, I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and so watching you two not know what's coming like, having ideas like, oh, something big is going to happen with this group, but I don't know what. Like, you have no idea. Like, it's going to, there's so many different shifts mm-hmm. and turns <coughs> that it's, it's just very, I'm, it's very compelling for me to watch you all, like, see. Like, when you, like, the moment you had when you watched Neela and, and Vedic win, like, make eyes. Like mm-hmm. and just like nod and you're like the fuck is going on around you <laughs> like I haven't had that moment in like nine or ten watches right because like I knew <laughs> right like uh, that was always going to happen so watching other people watch and like and that's the only surprised. way I think we've known Star Trek so far yeah. I guess you've rewatched a little bit of TNG and you've rewatched a little bit of Voyager so far mm-hmm. but from us it's we're on our first go through everything's new. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I think the cool thing about the show is, I think it holds up. Like, over time, I think the yeah. the graphics and the, like, everything about it pretty much holds up. Like, watching the ships fly, like, I don't think I see a show that where, like, I feel like it looks more realistic when they fly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it looks pretty much what everyone does still. Um, they can just do more things. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I, I think that it's been fun watching it while other people like just don't know what's going on. And just seeing what thoughts you all have and what conclusions you draw from things as to what might be happening next. And, yeah. Well, we have lots of thoughts. Hmm? Tell me what? Didn't I already go? Did you already go? I think so. Man, I thought I went. And I realize now I went, and you went with me, uh-huh. and then you went. Yeah. <laughs> I went, and then you went, and then it was going to be your turn. <laughs> <sighs> no, I, I'm excited for more. Yeah. Favorite characters of our face? Mm. You have to pick one. I know. I feel like it's Quark. Okay. Quark. Let's to pick one. One. Mm. Mm. Juggling my head. The one lady from the Dax episode. <laughs> no, I wish you could say Madame Arbiter would know. I won't. I'm between Kira and Quark, but I'll say Kira. She's irrational. I like it. <laughs> I'm irrational. So, I mean, I know like series wide. Dax is my favorite. Cisco pops up at times as my favorite instead. But I'm trying to watch it now and think about in each season who my favorite character is. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm very surprised. My thought right now is actually Kira, mm-hmm. which is surprising because I used to hate Kira in season one. I felt like I mean she can be shrill. I think her. I think the acting was not as yeah. great in season one. Um, with when especially when she gets up when she gets sad. Not when she gets mad. When she gets mad. When she gets frustrated. I think she does those parts very well. She plays that like sneaky little like um, playful mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really well, especially like, you know, and you do this and it just annoys us. Like, yeah. I think she does that so well. Um, but even like when you were talking about how you hated Kira's tone in Cisco's office, I loved it. I mean, I loved it. And, but I was like, Ugh! it's just so, but it's like, like if someone talked to me that way, I would be like furious. See, to me, I, Probably, but I think that, like, that's how people talk when they just, this is kind of the facts. Like, I don't know if you can. And it's so, the the frustrating part about it is, it feels rigid, it feels preachy, but really what it is is just like, I mean, I believe this. Like, y'all, y'all are calling me in here like, I, like, as, yeah, as if, like, I am... I'm on your side in all of this because I work here, but I'm not mm-hmm. like, don't, don't call me in here. Like I'm going to be your ambassador to the Bajorans who also believes what you believe. I believe in the prophets and I don't like the school teaching about the wormhole. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought it was very like, it was, it was, subtly standing up for herself in yeah. this, like, scene where it's, you're supposed, I'm not, it's like, I'm not a collaborator with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm here, and I work, and I do what I'm supposed to do to try and help my people, but mm-hmm. I have my beliefs, and I think that's, um, I thought that was super admirable. I thought she wasn't, I didn't think she was rude, I think she was just matter-of-fact, and she wasn't wavering. Um, and so, but I can understand why, like, if I were Keiko, I'd have been pissed at how she said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at that point, I had put myself in Keiko's shoes as, like, mm-hmm. an educator. Because that's where we, yeah, that's where we, that's the kinds of things that we believe. Yeah. But. But you're I, right, we, yeah, if I put myself in her shoes, then yeah. She's yeah. like, mm-hmm. Like, Don't when, talk for me. <laughs> like, I don't think it's Wynn's place to walk into a school. No. And be like, I'm going to contradict you. Right? Like, if you wanted to have this conversation, you, you could have had this conversation like and not in front of the fucking kids. Not a show. Right? Again, performative uh, beliefs. Um, and so... But, but yeah, I say all of this to say I think Kira might be my favorite character from season one now. Having watched it this time through. Question. Uh-huh. Do we see Wynn more? Uh-huh. Okay. She is a regular character. On okay. Show. I've had a feeling she might be, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to see before I invested more her emotional voice. energy in hating her. And now I'm investing Her voice in. is intriguing, isn't it? It's so... I can't tell what it reminds me of. It reminds me of something. It reminds me of someone. And, like, I spent a lot of time trying to put my finger on it, and I couldn't. It's very, like suburban mom who runs a neon. 
waspy. Yeah, it's such an interesting... Uh, she... Oh, she gets me fucking nerves. Okay. The way she talks. The way she, like, talks down, I can't be held responsible for what could happen. Yeah. Kaboom! Do you blame me? Yes. Then the way she, like, takes the stand to try and call out Ben. And, like, here's the thing, like, what she does could be admirable if she wasn't a conniving little shit throughout the episode. Yeah. Right? Like, having the, like, gall to call out Cisco, who is the emissary. Mm-hmm. Um... Is impressive. Yeah. But everything else she did in this episode was orchestrated. Uh huh. So she would get what she wanted. Yep. It was not in the name of the prophets. I would say. In my interpretation. I think it's debatable. See, I think it's interesting. I think mm-hmm. it depends on. I know. I think it's really. I think Wynn's character, especially in this episode and moving forward, the debate you're going to have is you're going to look at her and you're going to be like, all she cares about is her power. Her, right? That's the way I'm interpreting it now. That's why I'm interpreting her actions now. But, like, who's to say she doesn't believe that, like, who says those things have to be mutually exclusive? Right? Perhaps her power, being of a smaller sect, Mm -hmm. is believing that this is the way that things should be, Mm -hmm. and I need to do, the prophets would want me to do everything I could to make sure Bajor is on this path. Right? And if that means sacrificing to... Sacrificing morals to ensure that this progressive agenda of Vedic Varial to not let me pinch people's ears is squashed, so be it. See, I... I think it's all in the name of the prophets. I don't doubt that she has deluded herself. Okay, fair, yeah. But I don't think at any point she would... I don't. I think even you know, under the, the true she serum, that she's uh-huh. not acting under the prophets. See, I just have a hard time. So she plotted to kill what's his face, Vedic Yes. Um. I just have a hard time, and she bombed the school where there could have been people in. I don't know that she knew for sure that people were in it or not. I would assume that whomever she got to bomb the school. The goal was to do it without harming anyone. Okay, that's fair. It just seems so outlandish to me that a Bajoran religious figure who answers to the prophets would 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 be able to say with sound belief in their faith that yeah, after all the the Bajorans have been through, after all the violence. And the injustice that they've been through. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of a few more. I think. I think that 
I, that is exactly what religion has been in the world forever. I know. Right? Like I hate it. Uh-huh. Like that's that's kind of what it is. Um It's hard to get away from. Mm-hmm. Um because if you believe you're right then it doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter. Right? Oh, yeah, but that's a bad feeling to sit on. It is. But, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, this is an... Uh, I don't know. I, I think it depends if what you believe is that, you know... If you believe that, like, this will lead us into ruin... And we keep having these conversations about if you have the means, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Soul wins doing. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And I don't approve of her methods, and I don't mm-hmm. think that she's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easy to demonize or assume that she's only using religion as a way of giving herself power for her own benefit. I, I, yeah. I don't doubt that she believes It's just, it's hard to say where her views are taking over and what the prophets say. Agreed. No, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Heavy shit. But season two is on the way. Season two! You guys! The opening to season two is pretty good. I think we'll, uh, I think we get to watch... I think there are like three, it's like a three episode arc at the opening. It's not like a part one, part two, part three, but I think if I'm not mistaken, there's a three episode arc. Should we watch it all at once? I don't know. Part of me doesn't want to. Part of me wants to like do each one separate and be like, where do we think we are? What's going to happen next? Holy shit, this just happened. I like that idea. You know, instead of giving it a finality, but... I feel better now that we finished one season. Mm-hmm. We made it. We made it. We did a good job. Mm-hmm. So. If you guys think we're doing a good job, please continue to listen and rate and, you know, review us and, um, like, subscribe to us and drop us a line. Drop us a line and, like, tweet at us and follow us on Instagram and also Twitter and at dope underscore space nine. Yeah, you can totally do that. It's totally doable. <laughs> you can follow in your hand right now. You can just go back to that podcast app that you have in your hand. You can press some buttons and type some letters in and hit send. It's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> And it'll shout you out on the podcast. It'll shout you out. Don't you know? Let me see. If someone will take a look. It's sad we found it out. <laughs> it's always sad, isn't it? It is. It is always sad. I don't ever look because I don't want to know. Oh, I just really need to know. Nope, that's not what I want. Nope. Sad. Sad. Edit it out. Edit. And we're back! No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to forget to edit it out. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna, it's on your face. I know. We'll see. 
Well, a good season, y'all. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week with season two, episode one. Uh-huh. I believe it's called The Homecoming. That's what it, I thought I saw on the, on the screens on Netflix. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll catch y'all next time. Have a good one, y'all, and uh, see you season two. See ya. Start watching. Dope Space Nine. Our cover art is made by Sydney Lee. Our intro and outro are made by DJ Crate Digga. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dope underscore space nine. It's a new nine. Thanks for listening and don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.